When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is your moment. Your time to shine. Your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. said earlier that I come back to a lot is there's something wrong with me but I don't but people aren't telling me what it is like I always have this feeling of like well there's some reason that no one's asking me out everyone's afraid to tell me like they're tiptoeing around it yeah and I'm like just please if there is I'd that just know. tell me I would want to know hi guys welcome back to the second episode of you need therapy before we get started as I always will, I want to say thank you for the intro music by Alex Booth. Again, lovely, lovely human. You can follow him at, at BoothTunes on Instagram. He's awesome. I've even used his stuff in my cycle bar classes. He's great. So give him a follow and show him some love. Also, Merry Belated Christmas. I know this time can be both exciting and challenging and It was definitely, I would say, a weird day for me this year. Luckily, though, we can experience both grief and sadness and great, great joy at the same time, and I definitely did that. I hope that all of you guys had a good Christmas as well. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone who listened and shared from the first episode. I got a lot of feedback, and I really appreciated that. It was by no means a perfect... Uh, production as I'm learning this as I go and I fully appreciated the feedback I got truly keep that coming I also want to reiterate if you found yourself identifying with an insecure attachment style you are not stuck here we can all find earn secure attachment and once you know your style instead of using that as an explanation as to why you act in an unhealthy or in unhelpful ways use that identification as a guide to help you find growth and healing. I want to encourage anyone who is longing for that to consider starting therapy. I know it's scary. I promise there's goodness to it. 
And if you're already in therapy, bring that up in session. Your therapist is going to know what you're talking about. And if you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, go listen to the first episode. It'll catch you up. Because interesting enough, the conversation from today's episode so nicely flows off the conversation from last week. Today, we're talking about our belief system, how it is built, and if it's not accurate or helpful, how to change it. Through learning your attachment style, you can identify your starting gate position when it comes to developing roles and behaviors in relationships, and this leads us into how we make meaning out of our experiences throughout life and what we decide that means about us as individuals. I was really, really, really excited to bring this guest in to talk because I know she's been doing some really good work around all of this. I didn't even have to think about who I wanted on this episode. Her name is Annie, and I first met her through Cycle Bar, which she'll talk about, and I'll I'll let that be. Annie has since become one of my most favorite people. She is so kind and one of the easiest people to love. She has really impressed me personally over the past year with her persistence on learning about herself and her ability to move through challenges. She, for sure, doesn't quit just because things are hard, and I think that's because she knows how valuable she is. Now, with that, you will notice in this episode, Annie talks very openly about a lot of her core beliefs and is very honest that she still struggles in some of those areas, and I do too, which I share as well. I think it's very important to note that no one's going to ever be perfect or be done and you're allowed to love yourself know your worth and still have fear of rejection and pain so as you listen i encourage you to offer grace to yourself if you find yourself connecting with what you hear now let's just get going we have miss annie reeves Welcome to my couch. I'm so happy to be here, truly. Yeah. The day before your 30th birthday, I feel just honored. Um, well, I'm glad you said that, but this will be in a month. <laughs> well, but we're yeah, recording yeah, yeah, it now. Yeah. I think that's allowed. It's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> we're, cel- we're, we'll we're learning the I'll podcast still, rules. I'll also be still celebrating my birthday yeah, you in will. a month. <laughs> yeah, you will. When this comes out, we're still celebrating. How do you feel? I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. Why are you nervous? Uh, cause I just don't really know exactly what we're going to talk about, but I feel like it'll just happen. It's it's fun. Fun. It'll be fine. Okay. It's like when you, uh, teach a cycle bar class, so you like kind of black out in the middle of it. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes that's really good. And sometimes it's horrible. <laughs> and my friends like hate that part of the ride when I talk. Let's just like dive into this. Okay. Can you tell us about yourself? Yeah. Okay. I'll try to give like an abbreviated version. Sometimes it's like, if you want to talk for 20 minutes, it's no, fine. No, no, I no one wants out. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I'll edit it out, not include it. Yeah. Got it. Um, my name is Annie. I have lived in Nashville for a little over three years now. I'm from Macon, Georgia. I went to Auburn and spent some time in Charleston after school. I'm actually, um, right in between careers right now. I'm like totally taking a, a new path in about two weeks. So about when this is probably coming out. I'll so be you're starting currently unemployed. So I'm currently unemployed and it's the why best. You're here. <laughs> I might not go. No, um, I'm taking two weeks. I'm actually going to Charleston tomorrow with my mom and to celebrate one of my friends who's having a baby. 
but yeah, so I've been a writer here in Charl- in Nashville for about a year, and I worked for a women's publication um, for a little over two years, actually, most of the time that I've been here. But I have a background in social media and writing and photography, a and bunch a of blogger. creative stuff. I used to be a blogger. You're still a blogger. <laughs> I'm not you a blogger. A, well, I guess you don't have a blog I anymore. don't. Actually, as of this week, the yeah. blog is gone. Um, but I have an Instagram account that I do still use, sort of. So um, can they follow you? Yeah, you can follow. Please follow me. I always want more followers. Which Instagram account should they follow? <laughs> they should follow at Annie Reeves, A-N-N-I-E-R-E-E-V-E-S. Okay, great. Um, please do follow. I still post. I mean, I still post pictures yeah. and I post stuff and I teach cycle bar. Um, yeah. That's how Kat and I really got to know each other in the first place. Now we're just real life we're friends. real friends. Well, she's I, my boss for a second, which was. I'm still technically your boss. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, you are. I think I told you this on Saturday. Well, I don't know when I told you this. I just have a memory of me telling you oh this. God. Of how I met Annie at cycle bar. She was a writer, and Tori used to always talk about Annie Reeves, Annie Reeves, Annie Reeves, and she was like, you know Annie, and for a while, I was like, I don't know who you're talking about, and she's like, the girl with the glasses, and I oh was like, oh my gosh, weird, yeah, that's, you were the girl with the glasses, you were the cute what? girl, the cute girl with the glasses, thank you for that, but extra she was like, you have to know, she comes to Psycho all the time, and I was like, she no, she doesn't, <laughs> I'm like, she doesn't come, and then it's because you literally really, only took her class, I really did. Like, still to this day, I've probably still only taken the most of Tori's classes. 100%. So then when Tori left to go do bigger and better things, Annie started taking my class. So I'm, like, her second (laughs) Well, that's actually, that's not exactly what happened because, well, I did. But that was when I, right before Tori left was when I was thinking about auditioning. Mm -hmm. And then I can't remember if you reached out to me or I reached out to you one way you or the other. Me and I was like, we oh, started DMing and you were like, yeah. oh, I was going to talk to you about this. It was probably a lie, but it was nice. No, I was going to. <laughs> Do you regret that now? <laughs> Wait, wasn't that one year ago? Oh, it's been almost two years now. What? It's December. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was one, one year, year in ago. August. It was yeah. one year in August. Okay. So it's been over there. Anyway, I don't know if that was important, but that's how that I how um, remember you, and now I actually know you tonight. We've been through a lot of phases. Yeah. Which we can talk about. Mm, I'm sure good. we are. Gonna so, talk. we got it. Let's get going, because okay, you don't, we don't want this to be eight hours long, because we want people to listen to it all the way to the end. Okay. Kind of like my Instagram stories. I always <laughs> beg people. I'm always Please like, Please wait. Please wait. It's going to get better. Just hold on. <laughs> um, okay. My first question for you mm-hmm. is, have you ever been to therapy? <laughs> yes. Two different times in my life. So okay. I went to therapy when I was in college. Actually, weirdly, was going through some journals yesterday, and I saw Will where... Will you tell them? Well, I guess you don't have to, but yeah. Well, when did you graduate? I graduated in 2014. And so this is... The you say from where? From Auburn. Okay. That might get us some subscribers. Uh, Auburn? Yeah. I yeah. think so. People like it. No, I mean, it's a okay. great school. Okay, great. We're equal. Okay, Maybe so keep Alabama. Keep, keep going. Friends. You were in college. You went to Auburn and you had to go to therapy because you were at Auburn. Not because I was at Auburn. <laughs> well, honestly, kind of. I mean, Auburn was such an awesome place, but there was a lot of, um, I feel like with a lot of SEC schools like that, there's a lot of pressure on dating and getting married and mm. engagement. And I thought I was going to be the girl who went to college and met her boyfriend freshman year and then was engaged senior year and like had a candlelight at my, oh my God, and all that stuff. Yeah. So I found the journal inter- 
found a journal entry yesterday where I was talking about like why I decided I needed to go to therapy. And really um, yesterday, yesterday, yeah, literally yesterday I was going through journals cause I was, I've been cleaning my house cause I don't have a job this week. And so I had like all this extra time. And, um, so I was, saw this and it was basically like, I had like, I remember the day, like, I remember like laying down on the floor. I was home for the summer for a little while, for like a few weeks or something and talking to my mom. And I was just having like a really hard time, all of these like self image issues. And, um, I remember the first time it was like two hours. And how do you find your therapist through, um, I think my mom, knew him i mean maybe it was a guy. small town yeah so actually i have a lot to say about my first year but it wasn't like the best experience okay. um at the time i think it was really helpful and we sorted through a lot of things in my past and like growing up and just like experience that i'd have in middle school that i think i'd been carrying around Which, hold those because we're gonna get to that oh there's a really good one yeah. i'm glad we're that gonna, i read these journal entries yesterday yeah, we'll get it kind of like sums up some of it, but anyways, um, so it was a guy who's a Christian counselor, which I am a Christian believer, but mm-hmm. I probably, that was just an interesting, hard, hard thing. And, um, so I saw him for about a year, but he was in Macon. So, and I was in Auburn and I went back to school. So I saw him some that summer and then continued to see him probably a little bit into senior year. And it was very helpful. I definitely think there was a lot of good in it, but i Just because I think this is interesting. I'm also Christian and I even reference God on my website and my stuff and my my posts and all that. I mean, I'm not going to force my beliefs on anybody Mm -hmm. else. I'm not Mm -hmm. a Christian. They're a a Christian counselor. I'm a therapist who's a Christian. And so that's going to bleed out. But if somebody doesn't want to talk about their faith or whatever, we don't talk about it. If they do, we do talk about it. I'm never going to pull up scripture and be like, for God said this. this. I just yeah. want to know what it, what was that experience like for you, and did it uh, feel, was it like that? Like not quite. It was. It's interesting because my current therapist, who I'm just obsessed with, and been, have been seeing for about a year, probably like last week. Can you tell her you're doing this? Yeah, I just told her. She was like, "Please talk about me." A Annie lot. also I was like, I just came from just five minutes ago. <laughs> Hold up. Very important part of my week. Um, no, but I. So like we, she's a Christian also, and we do, she has like, she's been such a better fit for me in so many ways. And one of those has been like, I feel like it's been more relatable because we've been able to talk about our faith in a more authentic way than I did with the therapist who I was seeing in Macon. Like that felt a little bit more like schoolish, like teaching where with Jen, we're able to just like. I can be really honest about things that I'm feeling or wondering about it's God. A relationship. And, and yeah. And yeah. she's like, here's an experience that I had where I felt that exact same thing. Like, let me sit with you and that, not tell you it's wrong to feel that way, which has been so impactful, especially over the last year. What do you think the difference is for you having a male mm-hmm. and a female? Because Jen's also a lot older than you. Yeah, she so it's is. not like she's like your age. No, she's and she has like such interesting like life experience. I think in hindsight, especially because of the things like that I was struggling with, and I'm like, why was I seeing a guy for this? Like that just doesn't seem like it was the right fit. Now I never felt like. I honestly don't remember thinking about it a whole lot or feeling like the male female thing was that big of a deal. Maybe towards the end as we started diving in a little bit deeper and talking about like, did you ever talk about sex with him or sexual, sexual things? Yeah. Like, and so that was kind of like, 
Which I've had male clients who have talked about that, and I don't think it. Yeah, but it, and it's like it's not that it was uncomfortable. Then it's just like, how honest am I really, really being? It's, yeah, that it's there. I because I can be as comfortable as, or uncomfortable as a therapist, and you might never know. Yeah. But it's like, how much are you going to share with me? How much is this like? Are you holding back? Am I holding back? Yeah. And that's what like it's like this very. He was like this very pulled together, quiet. Christian man. man who was like almost like professory and I'm like what I mean that's not relatable to me at all yeah. nothing and about not that, that is he's relatable. a bad therapist no and yeah. I think it was like such a different type of therapy than the therapy that I'm in now and so th- I think there was value in it and we talked about like like I said like which I guess we'll go back to like some middle school experiences mm-hmm. that were very hard that I was carrying around and like relational things within my family that were like eye-opening to me I'd never talked about family relationship and you also don't which again we're gonna get into this you don't realize that a lot of that stuff even matters no like you go to therapy for one thing and then you're like oh my favorite 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 question is when i and again we're gonna get into all this more (laughs) i just can't help myself it's like when i in my intake paperwork one of the questions is do you have trauma (laughs) most literally i would probably say because most people come to me for a specific thing. Mm-hmm. And most people, I would say like 70% of people will mark no. And then within 20 minutes of talking to them, I'm just wide-eyed looking at them. And I'm like, okay, I think so I know what see. we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to do a, which I'll explain later, a trauma timeline. And then I look at them and I'm like, you do realize that this, 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 and this is not normal. And this has like, affected you. And this is, and they're like, I just thought that was what life was. What life is. And I think that's like a really big part of what Mm -hmm. therapy has been for me is like but at the same time being like but look like this in the same way that it's not normal it happens to everyone Mm -hmm. so like there's like a little bit of that in therapy but all that to say so like with Ken it was a little bit more structured almost and then Ken and Jen Jen now my therapist who I'm like I said I've been seeing do you want to plug her I really do Jennifer Van Orman (laughs) except like don't take my five o'clock Wednesday slot I'll be really (laughs) tight we were just talking about it that's no coveted spot oh my gosh two five o'clocks every week 5 p.m i used to be thursdays and then i got a 5 p.m cycle bar class and i called her i was like please is there anything we can do and she asked one of her clients to swap with me and they did whoever they are i'm very grateful um no she's absolutely amazing also it's okay i just have to say this and this is okay if somebody's my client or if you're going to somebody else it's okay to meet with a therapist and then not like them and go to somebody else i did that i do feel like that is an important note and it doesn't that. make that person a bad therapist. Like, no, I'm not no, no, the no. right. I'm not the right fit for a lot of people. Ooh. I'm the right fit for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I'm also not. I think that's part two of like you. You have to. I mean, give it maybe one or two times. Like, feel them out. See, the first session is sometimes kind of awkward, but um, oh my gosh, yeah. Unless it's with me, it's really fun. I'm sure it is a blast. <laughs> a blast. Let's kind of move on and okay. maybe get into kind of why you're here. Okay. I specifically picked you. Thank you. I One, because I love I, being chosen, <laughs> so my therapist can tell you all about that. Um, um, one, because I knew you'd be a, an easy person. And two, I know you've been doing a lot of work on yourself. And three, I think that you're going to have a lot of stuff to share that I would relate to, but a lot of people that are listening are going to relate to it. And I don't even know most of what you're going to say. Okay. Like, we've never talked about this, No, right? we haven't. Okay. I don't think... I don't know what we're about... What well, this mean, is. Right. You're so, you're here just... About. <laughs> <laughs> so, what this is... What we're talking about today is core beliefs. And mm-hmm. so, like, having negative core beliefs and how to change them. And for those of you that don't... Do you know what a core belief is? I'm not, like, testing you. I'm just really... I don't... I think yes, but... So, if you were going to 
tell me. If I was going to tell you what a core belief was. I mean, I would assume those are kind of the things that you establish as like a young child that you believe to be true about yourself. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes. We're going to talk about negative core beliefs, how to identify them and how to change them, what they do, where they come from. And so what I really would define as a core belief would be, I would just say it's an unconscious story. So a lot of the Mm. times you don't know what it is. It's like a shadow. Yeah. Right. So it's always with you. You don't always see it. So it's unconscious story, conviction, judgment, something that you carry around about yourself and it helps define your sense of self. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense to you? Yeah. It also, because of how you view yourself, it can affect how you view other people, how you view relationships, everything. I mean, they are the center stone of how you interact in, with the world. Before I go to the next thing, do you know... Off the top of your head, can you say, like, these were my negative core beliefs? Or these are my, if you still have them. Yeah. I mean, the first one, the two that come to mind immediately that I think I've done the most work on in therapy, and one that has been with me, like, I can tell you when it started, definitely have always had really intense body image issues, like, my whole life. Mm-hmm. Not my whole life, but a very long time. Is this core belief? Would you say that that's... Well... I'm not What's sure the what the story? core yeah, 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 yeah. would so be we'll there. Get, we'll figure out what it is. Okay. So this is great. This is like real-time okay, therapy with Kat. Great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Double um, up today. I was doing this with somebody today. We were going to, we were doing, we did an exercise and we were going through it and we were making like sense of things. Oh, it was last night. And I was so hard, like trying to hold back. Cause I like a lot of times when I'm, I know the answer, what I mm-hmm. assume to be the answer and you have to let them figure it out. But I think for you, I'm just going to tell you what the answers please are. Please do. <laughs> Will you please? Okay. So the thing about, okay. With body image. Let's use yes. that as an example. Okay. So I, it's I not really one, about the body image because with changing core beliefs and creating better belief systems about yourself, essentially a, a, a better a more positive, healthier sense of self is what you're you're aiming to find. If body image is the issue, mm-hmm. it's not that's not the core belief because if you were to lose weight and get your perfect body, you would still be left with some kind of ick around you. Okay. So it's core beliefs are it's like an inside outside thing, not an outside inside thing. So body okay. image is outside, but there's something inside pulling in, pulling pulling it and pushing it yep core beliefs come from uh like supporting beliefs so i call that evidence or data okay to figure out your core beliefs most of the time what i'll do this goes back to like that trauma question as i explain this just reel this in your head and try to think about how this would affect you and what your answers would be on this. When I do trauma timelines, what that is, is we go through somebody's life story. So I'll get out like a, usually I get out like a big piece of butcher paper and I'll like tape it on the wall or put it on the ground. If I'm like not really feeling like standing up or crawling on the ground that day, we'll do it on a notebook. Um, But we start from their earliest memory, Mm -hmm. but there's no rhyme or reason. It's just how I like to start. And we just like go through their whole life and I just ask questions about everything we talk about their relationships with everybody school what kind of hobbies they were doing everything and we go through every event in their life basically sometimes it takes like six months to just do this usually it doesn't but it can right and we pick out events and we we match feelings with events and then we create themes out of like all these feelings and what did you make up of that event Mm -hmm. a supporting belief would um, be like an event that gave you data for the actual belief so this is an example for me I had and here's the other part of this is like a disclaimer a lot of times people don't want to co-sign onto events that affected them negatively because they 
don't want to put blame on somebody and none of this is to blame anybody because right. most of what is going on people aren't intentionally trying to hurt you right, or right, give right. you a, a <clears throat> belief that isn't positive like i would say i had very very supportive parents right i still came out with some shitty beliefs about myself and it wasn't yes. because they didn't love me mm-hmm. it's how i internalized experiences so i feel like that's a really good y- note yeah especially yeah. having this conversation here i'm like mm-hmm. i don't want to like you know right blame anyone for my yes. whatever but except i will blame this girl well, they're about to tell i was about to say i have I a few people <laughs> i can't blame <laughs> um well and i think that to note with that it's it's not about people's like intention. <laughs> this is the shitty part about doing this stuff. It's because people can have fine intentions with a lot of this, the experiences that you have. Like we could have a conversation, and my intentions of the conversation could be fine. Right. But I don't know you totally your background and your story and what you're going through, and so your interpretation is what matters. Mm-hmm. So the intentional when we do trauma timeline, the, it, the intention it's kind of like shit i don't really care about the intention it's how did you interpret it yeah which sucks because we don't want to we don't a lot of times people don't want to place blame and be victim mm-hmm. and that's not what you're doing you're just saying this affected this me is how this happened. yeah yeah, yeah. example when i was in fifth grade i was um first of all you don't know anything's wrong with you until somebody tells you yeah. like you are born a baby that thinks it's the center of the universe so that like whole, whole egocentric thing, you you think the world revolves around you and that everything that happens around you is for you when you're a child. So you don't know anything's wrong with you or whatever until you experience it. Right. I cannot remember a time before fifth grade where I felt bad about myself, like mm-hmm. fully. Like yep. there's, of course, experiences that you can have where like, oh, that sucked or that hurt my feelings. But fully as like, I don't ever remember thinking there's something wrong with me until fifth grade and a couple of things happened in fifth grade and a lot of it revolved around bullying but this one specific experience i will never forget this i was playing kickball with my class at recess and this girl which i want to name her name but i'm not going to don't no she I'm was already thinking one, about my story i'm like am i gonna name no her? you can't name names but she, also one she would nobody would know who she is <laughs> but she yelled out something along the lines of like hey Catherine, why don't you stop drinking milkshakes and drink a slim fast for once holy shit you're not gonna believe my story no was it the same thing Catherine? were you there i'm gonna cry <laughs> oh my god are you you, you can cry <laughs> do you want me to cry no actually that is so weird because when do you want me to just yeah tell so i was in fourth grade same exact thing. I've done like a lot of work around this because it's the first time I ever remember thinking anything negative about mm-hmm. myself. And I had my like first boyfriend and it was like one of my best guy friends and, um, whatever, however you have a boyfriend in fourth grade, but I did. And I remember, I don't even know how I heard this. I don't know if I heard it through the rumor kind of mill, mm-hmm. like if it got made its way back to me or if I actually heard it with my own two ears. I know it was in the lunchroom and I know exactly where in the lunchroom I was sitting and like where I was standing and holding my tray. And my boyfriend at the time was talking to some other boy who always like was hard on me. And he was trying to figure out, like, they were talking about what he should get me for my birthday or for Christmas or something. And the guy, who I keep wanting to say his name, not the nice boyfriend, the other guy, 
was like, well, you just need to get her a slim fast. <gasps> How weird is that? Slim fast. I was, I was like, this story isn't even relevant anymore. Like, well, because that was like a big thing back then. I remember my parents like doing slim fast. But literally, diets. same exact Shut thing. Up. And that is the first time that I ever like acknowledged. Wait, I like, actually want to cry. It's really weird that I, because I, that feeling is so. Like, I can still feel it. Like, I remember that. And so Wait, can, you like, heard them say that? I remember hearing it. I think I heard the guy say it because oh I can, like, pick. It's like I have a picture of it in my mind. But it doesn't make sense to me that I would have overheard that. Like, I can't figure out why I would have been sitting there or around for that. So maybe I was, like, at the table and he but was you saying still have like, the, like, like, oh, my when God. When I, I tell that story, I get, like, a visceral feeling. I like, feel it right now. Yeah, like, my. Oh, my gosh. Even weird. doing, like, so much work around it. It's still. And it was something I was. What? Fourth grade. Yeah. So it makes me so sad. But that's, I, as a fourth grader, as a little fourth grade girl, what are you thinking? I'm fat. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, what else? Um, I'm not good enough. I would say is a feeling yeah. that I had or like not, I wouldn't say unlovable, but unlikable mm-hmm. in some way. So these are all for you guys, these are all examples of like negative core beliefs. So this is like the beginning of all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, so you are getting supporting this is data and evidence to support this big overarching theme in your life. And mine, <sighs> my two were, there's something wrong with me and I'm not wanted. So, those, I would, um, I'm not wanted as a, it's a huge one. like hits home a little mm-hmm. bit. In that, well, well, I'm gonna ask for kind of more mm-hmm. ab- about that. But so, what did you what what did you do with that? So, as a, a nine year old, what did you? Well, like one thing I think I remember is that like when this came up the first time that I did therapy in college, and honestly, I don't think I'd ever really like verbalized it before. I don't think I think I was ashamed that it had even been you said about to, me. So right. I don't think I told anyone. Like I don't think my mom had even heard about, about it until I told her exactly. I don't think she knew that I had had that experience until I told her in college, like, Hey, I uncovered this day at therapy. And she was devastated, especially like to know that person who said it. And of course he's a fourth grade boy. I I mean, again, it's not, it's like, not his fault. like he, whatever. He he's fourth said grade, it, not, but like, not he didn't thinking. know he was forming like yeah, negative yeah. core beliefs about me. But, um, but I think that like, I don't think it was surprising to my mom because I mean, there's so much, especially in my middle school, I mean, middle through high school, it was obvious that I was like struggling with that. And it was a huge part of, especially my middle school years and lots of tears shed and lots of like, I mean, just so much around specifically feeling fat. Mm -hmm. Like I remember that word, which I like, don't really say that anymore Mm -hmm. ever, but I do remember that a lot. But also I think it did. It gave me this feeling of like, no one like wants me or or will like, want I'm grosser. me. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and that, I mean, that perpetuates so much. But even if you were, I hate the word fat. I hate using that word, but like fat or like bigger, that that would mean that peop- you aren't desirable, and right. those things aren't all of a sudden they're correlated. Yeah, and they shouldn't be. So, and like I had a similar. I remember another guy saying something really similar to me in middle school that was like 
I mean, I think he almost said, like, everyone can tell that you've gotten thinner or something. It was almost meant to be a compliment, mm-hmm. but, like, it was so twisted that it was, like, I was, like, oh, my God, everything I thought was true. It was true. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, people did think that about me mm-hmm. for so long. So that conversation comes to mind, too. Yeah. And even, I mean, well, I'm going to go on a tangent here because this is so, and I'm going to do a million episodes on this because this is, like, my wheelhouse, but... Just for anybody out there, like, it is so damaging and hurtful and painful for somebody who has struggled with body image, which I will say is 95% of women, Mm -hmm. for anybody to make any comment about their weight, whether they look good Good or bad, bad. because we can make so many stories about that. And that's what you do. Supporting evidence is helping you form stories about yourself. So if somebody came up to me and was like, wow, you look so healthy, I would, okay, I would take that as I've gained weight. Mm Mm-hmm. So now I'm taking that as you think I'm fat. Now I'm taking that as I'm disgusting. Now I'm taking that as nobody's going to want me. So and I now go I'm so going down this like really yeah, scary rabbit path. Hole. Of, yeah. And then, I mean, or if somebody's like, wow, you really thinned out or like, uh, okay. Uh, and it's all means it's well-meaning. Totally. Um, but just to be careful and like how, if you think somebody looks good or better than they used to look, keep that to yourself and maybe just compliment something else. Like right, right. instead of being like, Oh, you look like you've gotten in shape. Just be like, wow, you look strong. Like something that something, something else. Yeah. And I think something that doesn't imply that before was bad, which right, I right, think right. is like what I always hear. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, really if someone tells me I look good. I'm like, well, what, what did I look? They're like, you're looking so good. I'm like, well, what about last is probably so any guy that's that not good. Is like, how do I give a female a couple? Yeah, just, just don't <laughs> No, Tell them they're beautiful. I'll tell you what to say. Yeah, tell me I'm beautiful and I'm yours. Um, <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah, and there is a lot. Um, and we're just cutting yeah. off of Thanksgiving. So yeah, oh, don't comment about me if I'm eating 17 pieces of carrot cake. Please don't mention it. Please don't mention it. I want like no comment at all. Um, okay, let's get back to this. So trauma okay. timelines, these supporting beliefs, they usually, I would consider them, and this is where the, the trauma piece comes in. People are like, no, I don't have trauma. When you think of, and you probably have, why well, hope, did you read my little post I wrote about trauma last week? I'm sure I did. Okay. Yeah, 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 okay. I did. Are you familiar with that? With trauma? With the little T, big T trauma. Yes, okay. I am familiar with little okay. T. Because of Caroline, actually. Oh, yeah, great. She talks about okay. little T, big T trauma. So, most of the time when people think trauma, they think big T trauma, which is these big, like, life-threatening events usually. Like, yeah. something where you, like, actually think you're going to die or um, are in severe pain or something like that, whether that's emotional or physical. But that's stuff like, like, na- like disasters, like mm-hmm. fires and stuff like that, uh, war, um, being in, like, combat, sexual abuse and sexual right. assault or anything like that, like mm-hmm. being in severe fights or gun robbed at gunpoint, all that. And so people are like, no, I don't have trauma. Nothing really, really bad has happened to me. But then there's this other part and it's little T trauma and they're more like emotional wounds that they can have just as much, if not more of an effect on somebody based on the frequency of them happening, where they are mm-hmm. when they're happening, what their sense of self is, like what their, like their beliefs about the world are. These can be just as damaging. And that's what I would consider like those two events we just talked about. Yeah. Little T trauma. Little T trauma. Yeah. Nobody would be like, oh, this, that was this big traumatic. I thought I was going to, but like, I still remember that. It is the, totally. the most vivid memory I have from probably birth to seventh grade. 
Yeah, yeah. With your like little T trauma, so that's right. wh- that's where you're getting all your. So- and the big T traumas can also create the yeah, supporting yeah, belief as well. Are, yeah, totally there. Anyway, you're creating all these supporting beliefs. But are there any other yeah. pieces of data that you have that support that belief of like I'm not good enough or? Um. Oh my gosh. I mean, yes, I'm sure. Trying to think where I want to and think. Well, thinking into. of like, well, because if you think about like little t traumas, those can be things. I mean, think about middle school, high school. If, if my belief is like, if I'm thinking about like I'm not wanted. Yeah, or you I'm know, not good enough. I would say it's probably, I'm not like not that I'm not enough, but like I'm not mm-hmm. this enough. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I have that thought. I mean, I still have that a mm-hmm. lot. Um, not as often, mm-hmm. um, especially after doing therapy for the last year. But um, but like other like da- you're saying like other experiences that would have well, told me that again well yeah because that's it starts in fourth grade right well you right, don't go to therapy right. until you're in college and so when you're in college and you're going to therapy for the first time are you aware like you talked about the story of like i'm I'm not having all these things happening to right. me, these expectations that i've had so were you aware with the beliefs you had about yourself when oh you gosh no. no okay so no 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 Okay, so there's there's like kind of steps in changing the beliefs. It's not super linear and it's not super clean, but I think the first the first step would be identifying the beliefs. So, mm-hmm. like I said in the beginning, they're unconscious most of the time. They're the shadow side of you. So you're walking through your whole life with these beliefs, but you don't know it. And so, one of the things I explain to every client in the first or second session, and this is actually the exam the way i explain it now i actually stole it from my actual therapist okay. she just explained it in a better way than me and it's been really helpful to visualize if you take those little t traumas like or whatever they are you take all the supporting um beliefs the data the evidence you create all the beliefs you have and those beliefs turn into what i like to call screens so think about like something you hold up in front of your face like an actual screen interesting okay. so then you have these screens in front of your face so if, if it's me i'm not wanted I'm not good enough. We'll just use those two. I have that in front of my face, like in front of, like actually like in front of my face. Yeah. So everything that you do and say and every experience I have has to go through that screen and then it hits my head. Yeah. So every experience that you have goes through the screen and then it hits your head. So none of us, no person, I do not believe any person in the world is ever having the same experience because we're all filtering these things through, through our view beliefs. of the world and ourselves. Mm-hmm. I have this problem with like facial expressions. Okay. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. No, not really. Okay, great. That I mean, means ma- I'm working on it. I've had many clients be like, why did you make that face? And oh, I'm like, God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll like roll my eyes or like make a big face or something. And like that, that could mean one thing to me and something else to somebody totally. else. And so if my screen says like, I'm not wanted, well, this is another thing. So... <laughs> I just, I guess I don't really care about sharing about myself, my life. So, I mean, I had a lot leading up to this, but like, this is just another one of the like data points that I can put for, I'm not wanted. I never got asked to prom. What? No, not either year. Oh my gosh. That's shocking first. Well, thank you. But two, (laughs) what is, but also like as someone who I can really understand why that would be hard. Well, yeah, I like, I, that would like. Mm-hmm. I never oh I can not exactly the same but like I never got asked on a date night in college so I can mm-hmm. totally say like like a date party mm-mm, <gasps> never not once yeah 
yeah so I can relate to that feeling and it's really honestly saying that out loud I'm like shoot do I want that in the podcast because that's kind of I mean I, I do because well, I think it's important like, I but it's embarrassing there's shame yeah, around it it's like there's something wrong with me that people aren't telling me and well that's, that's the meaning proof. you make out of that yeah. right so that's the ev- evidence and the meaning you make is there's something wrong with me so mm-hmm. exactly you're adding more data points so but that's you already I already had this screen because of other things of like I'm not wanted and then nobody asked me to prom so and that goes true. through that screen and now I'm like people aren't asking me to prom because I'm not wanted mm-hmm. and there's there's something wrong with me I'm not good enough mm-hmm. whatever it is when they're I don't know what the reason is and I don't think it's important for me to figure out why I didn't get asked yeah hopefully it was just like a weird happenstance mm-hmm. thing so go through college I, I actually one of them probably I see a lot of women in their 20s, early 30s, a lot of my clients are that age. And one of the things that I talk to people about quite frequently, maybe, I mean, not the most, because I don't really know what the biggest, the most is, but it's not having a relationship, being single, mm. and yeah. being a certain age and still being single. Totally. I didn't have a real relationship. Like, say he was my boyfriend. I'm, I wasn't able to call somebody my boyfriend until I was 27 years old. So go through that. I mean, I went on dates with people, but actually my first real date was after college. That is so interesting to me. But we have almost opposite stories in that. I'm sure that's now I'm thinking I might know why you brought me here is (laughs) I haven't had a serious boyfriend since my freshman year of college Mm -hmm. and I am 27. And that Mm -hmm. is like very confirming of a lot Mm -hmm. of, you know, some, I, I think one that you said earlier that I come back to a lot is there's something wrong with me, but I don't, but people aren't telling me what it is. Like I always have this feeling of like, well, there's some reason that no one's asking me out. Everyone's afraid to tell me. Like they're tiptoeing around it. Yeah. And I'm like, just please, if there is that, just tell me, I would want to know. But, um, my cousin who I'm really close with, we've had that conversation before and she met her husband, which is like so silly now. Cause now like being on the side of things, she was 29 when she met her husband. Like honestly today, that's like pretty normal and even young. Like I don't feel like it's like, yeah. but at the time when I was growing up, I think I have a, we talk about your timeline, that. my timeline. Yeah. So, well, so I would say another data point that was kind of like negative was my very first boyfriend was when I was 15 and we were, quite serious for 15 year olds except for the fact that he cheated on me for like the entire relationship and it was like a year and it ended oh my god I honestly hope they're listening to this because it ended with him dating one of my best friends (gasps) and not telling me until someone else told me at school so we've seen each other that weekend so this is 15 14 so this is that's 15 15 this is such a crucial part in somebody's life because oh you are cru- like this. I'm mean, think about what are you freshman in high school? You're trying to make sense of who you are. Yes. Right. 15. And everything the, is the sophomore. biggest deal in high school. Oh my God. Like everything's the biggest deal. So that's your first experience ever with this guy. I mean, it wasn't, but I thought I was. Well, that's your first experience with relationships. Yeah, totally. So what is that? That's adding that data. So that, that experience of him for cheating on you. And then with one of your best friends goes through that screen of like, you already have these things already being built. There's something wrong with you. You, so that's going through that screen and hitting your head. Yeah. Really that probably had nothing to do with you. I mean, I would hope not. I mean, now even still it's, that was like, that was a very formative time in my life. I can totally see that now is also having like a hard time with some somebody's cheating on you. 
with her long best was it with your best friend well the weird thing she wasn't my best friend she was in i had a group of like 10 girls who i was close with in high school though i mean she was probably good friend yeah like really good friend friend. like childhood friends like i knew her longer than i've known caroline you know but caroline was in the same group with us if somebody's doing that if a guy is cheating on a girl with one of her friends oh my god like that has nothing right to do now. with you like literally that has everything to do with him his values his morals what mm-hmm. he's afraid to do and not do what he, like who knows god knows and that other girl who's okay with doing that that yeah. has nothing to do with you at all but right. we make it because that e- go back to the egocentric well, it we he make chose it about her not he chose me yeah which is another thing another thing mm-hmm um so that was like okay so that timeline okay so i dated him and then um started dating this other guy who truly i don't have anything negative to say he was a very nice person i pretty much was dating like the bad boy like my parents wanted me to break up with him he was horrible i was lying to my friends about seeing him like all of that stuff wow annie that, yeah my, that was my first never boyfriend. knew this oh my gosh you. there's so much to tell about that but so there was that and then i dated seriously the opposite i mean like preacher's son nicest guy ever because you're like well i'm just gonna go this way hopefully this will turn out this will work better this will work better and frankly like we i mean we were seniors in high school it's insane but i mean we were talking about getting married like we were very very serious but i still to be honest like there were times and like my friends laugh because i have like I'm a little crazy about my instincts about people. Like usually when I feel like something is off with a guy, like I'm 99% of the time, like I really am correct. Like I'm have a good instinct. <laughs> I, need to come I really do. Way more no, often. I'm like, actually I can feel it. And I know, and my friends will be like, Annie, he's just not dating her. Like I prompt, like really I had all these suspicions about this girl for a long time. And they were like, there is no way he is like dating one of your best. It's just not happening. The first one well, same with my second boyfriend. I don't want to use names, but it's hard not to right here. Um, but anyways, like there were times when I would, I was suspicious cause I'd been cheated on so much. Like that was normal to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was snooping a little bit, which I can admit to, but I mean, he was texting girls like very inappropriately to have a girlfriend and like calling them names. That, like this he is shouldn't the preacher have boy? the nice one. Oh. Yeah. And so that was kind of almost more. So this is creating negative beliefs later, about like he would. Well, this I is creating negative beliefs about that. other people, too. So you can have negative core beliefs about you and then negative core beliefs about about men. Men in general. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is like men are liars. They can't be. People can't be trusted. Be trusted. And that creates beliefs around like, I have to take care of myself. I'm going to end up alone. I'm better off being alone mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, whatever it is. But this is how all these little teach. I mean, you could even, I mean. That a little T, big T, whatever you want to call those things. Those are, I would say the first boyfriend. Yeah, like, that's huge. Middle T, especially for it was a middle T, bigger than a little T, a middle case T. Yeah, because <laughs> I think that it was really like I can see it now, and actually I related it to like this recent guy who I've been kind of hung up on at lunch the other day with someone. Mm-hmm. I was like, honestly, it's weird. I haven't said this out loud, but this is so reminding me of my first high school boyfriend yeah. and like the way that he is. So, anyways timeline wise though then that's it like i haven't dated anyone seriously since then i've been on no more than probably five dates with anyone since then that's only happened like once maybe 
but it's been hard because it's like I look back at these journals from college mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, like, well, don't you want to know meet someone like you uh, want to know why? Yeah, I think there's like always I'm a why person. So I always need to know I wanna, why I want the reason. Yeah. So if I'm and that's the other thing I've always been like, it's OK if I'm not going to get married till I'm 40. I just want to know why, because mm-hmm. I believe there's purpose in that. Like, I do believe there is a reason that I didn't get asked to prom. There's a reason I didn't have a boyfriend until I was 27. There's a reason for all of that. And some of the reasons I've identified it, but if I would have known before, I don't think I would have because I, I could have been prepared for. I could have understood right, right, it. Right. And because we don't have to have the, we don't know the why, we make up the why. And actually, interesting because we're uh, story people. Humans are story people, and so mm-hmm. we everything that we see is usually through story. And so stories have a beginning, middle, and end. So a lot of times we're in the middle of it, right? Or in the, be- in the beginning, we're very rarely in the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And so when we're sitting in the middle, we're in this like anxious freakout mode. Well, there's an easy way to create an ending. Any of us can create an ending, and that's creating our own meaning. Right. So a lot of times the meaning we make, and here's the other thing. When you get light bulb moments, when you get like, when you figure something out, no matter what it is, that like, aha, mm-hmm. in your brain, you actually get a shot of dopamine. So you actually get, yeah, so you actually get these like feel good, like you get endorphins, like all yeah. of that feels good in your body. And so the same happens when we make up a story. An example that I use the most, cause it's easy and relatable. Think about when you're texting a guy. Right. And you're texting him back and forth and, um, who knows what you're talking about. Right. And like straight fire back and forth and then you send a text and then like you don't get a response <sighs> yeah what are you thinking at what that am point? i thinking yeah like when you don't get a response he doesn't answer you oh he's not interested like maybe anymore. it's like a or what did i say wrong like what did i say flirty wrong thing or, yeah yeah what did i say wrong <laughs> he's not interested in me like whatever it is yeah when in reality we don't know what happened maybe his phone died maybe he jumped in the shower maybe uh, he, he went for a run forgot. maybe he is in, caught up in a conversation or yeah he just like it's like an, not an, answered anything. a phone call yeah nothing. read a text and put the phone yeah. down and forgot to but respond what we do is we make a huge door oh a huge gosh, big bad yeah. ending because the bigger the ending the more the more dopamine you're going to get released in your body yeah the thing about that is it only lasts for so long so then that's over and then you feel like shit again mm-hmm. so all of that to say, we find meaning. If we don't, if for me, if I have an open ended, I'm going to find an end. And most of the time, yeah. because of my my um, supporting beliefs and because of my core beliefs, the ending's not really ever really good for me. It's not good. Yeah. So going back to like the steps to change the beliefs. So we have to identify the beliefs. We have all that. Yeah. Um, but then the next step would be find supporting beliefs and the data. So the trauma timeline. We've identified. What are your core beliefs that you're holding right now? Um, I would say I'm not enough or there's something wrong with me. Okay. I'm not enough. There's something wrong with me. The next step in this is, and this is where like you, I really want to, anybody who's listening to this, this isn't something that you can really just do on your own. I would 1000% encourage you to like go do this with somebody who's Mm -hmm. trained to do this. One, because there's power in, in that for multiple reasons, but two, like this can get really painful Mm -hmm. because the more you dive into it, the more you're going to remember. And I mean, just think about like this conversation, it's like this and this and this, right. Um, the third step is to reprocess those events and identify the truth in them. So going back, so when we do this trauma time, we'll go back and we'll really dive into like the big parts that really created those, those beliefs about ourselves. Okay. What's true about this? What isn't true about this? How much of this did I make meaning up of? How much of this was about me? How much of this was about them? Mm -hmm. And going back and most of my story, 
90% of the stuff wasn't ever about me, right. but I made it about me because I had all these questions about why I wasn't getting what I wanted. Flash forward to you in college, right? Yeah. So talk about kind of the thing that pushed you into going to therapy in college. You weren't having all... Yeah, I was feeling like I, um, like something was, I was honestly, I, th- I would say having panic attacks about the fact that I was single and no one wanted me and no one was asking me to think. how old were you? I was 21 when I went to therapy, I think. It was, I can't remember if it was the summer before junior year or the summer before senior year. What would you tell your 21-year-old self now who was like freaking out about that stuff? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think I would, (laughs) there's a part of me that would want to be like, Hey, look, it's, you need to let it go for a little while because it's just not coming anytime soon. I think they're what, but like kind of what you were saying, like be nice to just know and to be able to let go of it and not obsess over it so much, which is probably something I could say to myself even still today. But I think that like one really important thing that I, I was felt so much shame about the feelings themselves and I didn't want to admit them to anyone. Like I feel like I had a hard time admitting that I was feeling bad about myself. Like it's a bad thing. Like you should feel shame for not always feeling a hundred percent good. Yes, 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 yes. Which that's kind of fucked up. Right. I mean, obviously. And I think being... um, Like, it's okay to feel negative emotions, even if they are towards yourself. Even if they're towards yourself. I mean, and and natural. And I think that, like, speaking up about them in a healthy way would have been helpful. I'm trying to think specifically around the therapy. Like, I remember being very uh, knowing that I wanted to go to therapy, but also being very afraid to, like, mention it and not know it. Like, I knew... Well, also, uh, so talk about the image of, like, I felt shame around admitting that I felt bad about X, Y, Z, or I was sad. So I yeah, I was always the happy, the fun. I'm a seven on the Enneagram, so I'm, like, really fun. The most (laughs) fun. I love sevens. I love Um, sevens. I'm a four. But I was always, like, the life of the party. So I never really got asked to a date party in college to be somebody's real date. I got asked to a date party because I was fun fun to tag along with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's always, like... Um, always oh, yeah, happy. Yeah. If you were to ask anybody, so if you, I, I truly think this. If you were to ask anybody if they ever thought that there was anything wrong with me in college, and everyone would say no. No, so it was always so much fun. Yeah, and I was like so distraught. Yeah, I feel that. I think that like I am in such a like post college. I've learned so much in therapy and outside of therapy, just in general, getting comfortable talking about feelings mm-hmm. and like that that's normal and we can be vulnerable with each other and like. But you're breaking out of those beliefs that there's something wrong with you. And if there, if you think there's something wrong with you, you're going to – core beliefs are un- – like, we don't show those to everybody, our negative core beliefs. Right, right, right. We're actually going to sh- – we're going to lie to everybody about well, our core like beliefs. Well, like, overcompensate yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah. You so want people to I believe think, the opposite. Yeah, if I think there's something wrong with me, I'm not going to let people know that there's no. something not 100% positive about me going on. Because I'm not giving anybody else any room to create data around that story. That, I think, is important to note for anybody who is kind of going through that because that's going to keep you stuck, right? Yeah. So if I feel like I can't share with people that I'm upset about this thing I'm feeling, like I can only – what I would want to tell you when you were were talking about like the 21-year-old of like why aren't people asking me out? Like why am I not getting what I want? Why am I – like what's wrong with me? I would want to go back to that person and be like just so you know like nothing's wrong with you. Yeah, which is, like, good to hear, but to be honest, like, something I'm still doing so much work on that I'm, like, 
at 20 now like as a 27 year old i want to be like okay well just calm down you're 21 like just enjoy your life and like if you don't go on dates it's not the end of the world but like here i am at 27 still sort of feeling that way so it's hard to be like there's nothing wrong with you when right now i'm like is there something wrong with me you know Mm -hmm. and not always i think i'm in a healthier place about it for sure than i once was but it it's not gone so i feel like it's important to be honest about that too like i'm not cured you know none of us are cured right but but the thing is you can you truly can turn beliefs the problem is for 27 years you've been having this like think about how like rivers are formed they're formed Mm -hmm. by like water flowing over and over and Mm -hmm. over and they get deeper and deeper over time so you've had in your brain like pathways created think about rivers think about like the pathways in your brain as rivers so for 27 years you've been having the same rivers flowing right right so every time uh, something negative happens you hit that through that screen of there's something wrong with me i'm not good enough that river gets deeper yeah now you go to therapy at 21 and you you start you mm-hmm. begin at 21 mm-hmm. to create a new river but you still are working with that other one you're creating a new pathway but the way to kind of like change the way to make the positive belief bigger than the negative belief is to focus more on that one for 21 years you always went to the negative and you flowed whatever it was down that river right so you made it a little bit deeper and so now instead of like you have two options every time something happens to you or doesn't happen mm-hmm. to you you get a text you don't get a text you have options you have option to flow down river one or flow down river, river two. two river one's going to be this is the thing about river one it's going to be easier to access mm-hmm. It's going to flow a lot faster. It's going to give you that shot of dopamine. And so be the natural. Like, it's well, going to feel like your, the it's your immediate default. Almost. Yes. But it's going to give you that shot of dopamine, and it's going to give you a big shot of dopamine because... God, that's so interesting. I know. So because it it is something that feels so true and right and in. That that's the bigger story. Mm-hmm. That's the more dramatic story. So the more dramatic, the bigger shot of dopamine. So the other option is go through River 2, right? So that's going to take more work. It's not going to feel as, like, hard-hitting. Right. Because imagine if uh, me saying, well, if you're like, there's something wrong. This guy didn't text me. There must be something wrong with me. And my answer is, like, you know, who knows what happened? Like, maybe he dropped his phone in the toilet. Yeah. You're like, okay, that sounds nice, but, like, him finding some picture on Instagram and thinking that I looked fat in it is a lot bigger of a story. Right. Right? And And ask someone with a flair for the dramatic. So I was just talking to my therapist a few minutes ago about this, like, really nice, respectful guy who I've gone on a few dates with. And the first, like, after the first date, I was totally, I was, like, head over heels. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is just going so great. He's so great. We have someone in common, whatever. Then we go on the second date, and I'm kind of like, I walk out, and I'm just like, hm mm. He's really nice. And I'm, yeah, exactly. She did this exact same you know thing to me. And she was like, this doesn't feel natural to you because you don't gravitate towards this. Like, this is normal and he's being respectful and you're looking for the, the dramatic story. And yeah. I always am. And I know. So we were talking about, like, how do we actively, like, pick a new river, essentially, this time? And how do you, like, let this become normal? She was like, this is what we're looking for. Like, this is good. You come in here and you you want to be dating someone. And then this guy is, like, he was nice saying he was nice kind. things and, like, and it was easy, attentive to you and blatantly telling you that he's interested and you're, this doesn't feel normal to you. It doesn't feel natural. So you're backing out. And she was like, you're not allowed to back out. You have to give it until 
you know, we talked about like. And you know what? Your normal is like screwed up. So your I would call that your arousal template. So your yeah. arousal template for relationships is messed up. You had to keep dating people who are boring until they're not boring anymore. Exactly. Until healthy people become attractive to you. Yeah. Because healthy is boring to a lot of people. You have to keep going. That's dates. what she said. She yeah. said, you're attracted. I'm attracted to unhealthy people yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. And this person seems, I don't know that much. I don't want to jump to too many conclusions. Seems very healthy mm-hmm. and normal. It's like, okay, what can and I I'm do like, with that? I don't, right. Nothing. I'm like, there's no drama. <laughs> where's my fairy tale? Yeah. You know? And yeah, that's where's my story. Story. So oh, going back it. to the rivers, the creating the, the new beliefs about yourself is, is really creating like the new rivers and the new pathways and it takes a freaking long time so the last step in all this is to repeat this and repeat this and repeat this and repeat this because you said i mean my beliefs aren't gone i still struggle with them i still i still have automatic thoughts a lot and i right automatic for a living yeah i still have an automatic thought sometimes that like it's because of this or maybe it's because of my body or maybe i'm whatever or and something to remember a lot of times is over half the time our first thought's wrong. Right. Because a lot of time our first thought's rooted in trauma. Mm-hmm. And the the meaning we make from trauma isn't always facts. Right. I mean, that it's just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Go back through the core beliefs. Go back through the screen until we can turn the screen, until the screen starts to have the positive beliefs on it as well. Because we're filtering through negative. Mm-hmm. And what would your life look like if you filtered things through positively oh by yourself? And he didn't call me back because, you know, something about him. Something about him. I know. I'm trying to think. I was about to think about me. You know. What that's what. That's what it is. It's like. But it's it not is just about being me. like. This has nothing to do with me. I'm amazing. So mm-hmm. it has to be something else. Mm-hmm. That you know, some other reason. Mm-hmm. My therapist has me, like, gives me note cards, which I love so much. I do a lot of note cards. Do you do note cards? And so I have some, like, in my car. I think people I saw ask, one. You've seen yeah. one. People ask about them all the time. It's really cool. A lot of times people in drive throughs like at Starbucks, they ask me about them all the time because they're, like, right in their view. I keep them on my dash. Mm-hmm. And the one that they always see is um, if I just show up, that's enough, which was, like, kind of something else we were working on early on. But I have one card that she gave me when I was – first started seeing her and I had a date and I was really nervous and it was basically all these great things to read about myself and she would say like I want you to read this out loud in the car before Mm -hmm. the date so that you go into this with really positive beliefs about yourself like I'm fascinating I'm beautiful I'm interesting like all these different even if it doesn't feel even if it doesn't feel true and mostly if it doesn't feel true there were some things on there that I was like I don't believe this and she was like yeah but we're gonna read it until you believe it that's exactly so I mean I do that all the time I'm like this is so hippy dippy cheesy therapy shit but like write something nice about yourself on your mirror so when you wake up the first thing you read is that you the first thing you what first of all you're going to look at yourself and you're going to think i'm fat i'm ugly i'm stupid mm-hmm. i'm whatever whatever the belief is but then you're right staring back at you as this belief this nice kind thing and all you have to do is read it and flow that down the river let it let it build that river yeah. or dig that river i guess and so i would suggest for anybody who is struggling with creating those things is make it easy. Write it in your notebook. Write it on your hand. Write it in random places where you'll mm-hmm. like open something up and see it. I have a lot of people like write letters to themselves or stories or whatever and p- just put them in their wallet so when they're going through their wallet they're like looking for cash or something and then they see that piece of paper and they don't necessarily read the paper but they know what's on it and they carry it around with them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just make it easy for yourself to remember to be kind. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really, it's automatically easy for us to be mean yeah we go into that default 
negative belief instead of but like what would happen if our default was kind if it started being kind which is poss- possible i would it's possible, is it possible Kat? i think it's possible <laughs> i think it is possible i really do i think i've been able to like see that through some of the work it's still not default but at least then when that thought process comes in usually i can be like okay wait a second i'm processing this i haven't yeah. had this screen metaphor until now but i could say like oh i'm I'm feeling this way because of X, Y, Z belief or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And, and so at least acknowledging it yeah. and then pushing myself, okay, next time if I can just try and have a little bit more of a positive view about that. Before we wrap up, Annie went through something interesting. So we both teach at Cycle Bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. Annie, she talked about this in the beginning of auditioning for Cycle Bar and going through a process. Annie had a very unique process. Unique is <laughs> such a nice word. Well, and I totally cried when you taught, remember that you taught that class to all your friends, which you have so many friends. <laughs> so that means there are a lot of people are going to be listening to this. People. Very I would love to hear you talk, I mean, just synopsis of... For anybody who's, because you faced a lot of rejection, essentially, yeah. and you could have made up a lot of stuff about this. You could have quit. You could have stopped. You could have. And so I would love to know a little bit about, and you know, some people did and you chose not to. Yeah. What was it like for you in that process? Where do you think some of your screens or your negative beliefs came up and how did you, cause you had to have had positive reinforcement somewhere mm-hmm. for you to stay in it as long as you did. So I'm going to shut up and you tell them what I'm talking about. Okay. Oh my gosh, this is weird. We've never really actually like fully talked. We've about never this. really talked about this. Which is kind of weird. Backstory: I started at Cycle Bar literally the week that it opened. I was invited to the media night. I was obsessed. I would probably five times a week, like probably a year in. This would have been like July. Yeah, probably like July, but probably like February. I'd had the thought like, could I do this? Could I teach this? Like I might be interested in this. I reached out to you when I think y'all actually posted like we're having auditions. And so I had no idea what I was signing myself up for. Like in hindsight, yes, I would have still done it, but I could have used some prep on the front end of like knowing what it was going to be. So I go to this audition. I've never been like, uh, I've like ridden the podium before, like up during classes, but I've never taught anything, any cycling or any fitness at all. So I got there. I do the audition for the owners and for Kat and literally like your audition. You don't know. Oh my gosh. Well, we made it. I did. And I remember I walk out to the lobby and I'm like getting my shoes and they're just kind of like, okay, well like, we'll let you know. Oh, I remember this. And Aaron was out there and I was talking to Aaron and I was like, I think it went well, but like, I don't know. Like they had me redo one thing and it was to thunder by imagine dragons, which I talk about all the time. (laughs) I literally love love imagine dragons. um, Oh my God. It was such a good remix though. It was with Kay Flay has like this awesome, I love that song, but I've never taught it since. Um, Traumatized. Traumatized. Guys, big little T, maybe no, big T. This one maybe was big T drama. So, um, anyways, cat comes running out. It's like, come back in here. So I go in. They're like, you got it. Like you're going to boot camp. And so I'm like, I'm a cycle bar instructor. Like I did it. I had no idea that I was about to go through this process of like the audition was continuing and I didn't know that, but I mean, I cried. I hugged Trish. Like I remember it so well. So walk out. I'm so excited. And then it's time for boot camp in like September. And we get to boot camp and basically during boot camp, I thought I was like doing like 
training essentially, but it's not. It's you're continuing an audition. You can get cut every you day. You can get cut. I was had made it down to the last three though, and I remember it was like I watched someone get cut, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't know that could happen, and it shook me. Like I lost all confidence. I went up on the bike, and they you do this thing where you just have to like they play music, and you just have to teach something, and you're not prepared, and like I, that feeling was not good and I knew I was like I'm gonna get cut but I, it was I'd made it down to to three of us and um so that night I found out that I got cut I was devastated cried for hours went to bed it was really really hard um like still makes me want to cry when I think about it because I was it, I wanted it I frankly it was like the one thing in my life that I really wanted it and then I got cut and it was like well what's the story you made up about it the story I made up about yeah. it I mean, I think I was like, I don't have the right personality for this. Or like, I'm not good about this. I'm not good enough. All those things. Yeah. Like it totally came through that screen. Um, I woke up the next morning. I emailed Brad and Trish and I was like, can you give me Leah's email? Whatever. The trainer's email. Mm -hmm. And I emailed her and I was like, thank you. And I was like, I still want to do this. So if you guys will like, let me know if there's anything I can do. Um, so a few weeks later, Kat texted me, told me she wanted to start training again before the next boot camp, go through boot camp. Um, now I can see so much purpose and how it all happened and why it happened the way that it did. Um, but I went through the boot camp again, still very challenging, still very like humbling in a lot of ways, as was training after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of like the biggest, uh, like learning experiences in my entire life because Honestly, after boot camp, we trained Katniss us every single Sunday, every Sunday from Blah. December uh-huh. to July when we July. opened. It was a really long time and it was really intense. And what it involved was like getting up on a podium and doing something that you really want, but like aren't that good at yet. I mean, you're, you're learning and you're and opening yourself up for criticism. Remember when I had made you like watch videos of yourself? Oh my God. Yeah. And so I'm like in real time critiquing like all this stuff. And this is what I'm talking like, why this is so important is because you could have taken certain things and you could have made them about who you are and not the just like specific behavior of what you're doing. Well, and I think that's what I was learning as I was going through it. So during this process, I started therapy and it's not the reason that I started, but it was a big topic of conversation there for a while because I mean it is so vulnerable to just open to like voluntarily choose to receive criticism once a week (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and it was but it was a really good learning experience for me because I had to learn how to not take it personally and to be like okay like in any job people give you feedback about things that you're doing that aren't the the right way of doing things and it's not personal it really doesn't it feels a little more personal, I think, because of what we're actually doing. And there is a lot of personality involved and a lot of decisions that, like, are a little bit subjective. But, but it taught me a lot of how to to not take things quite so personally. That note card in my car that says, if I just show up, it's this, that's enough. It's about cycle bar. Well, so you know what I saw in that and I saw in the people that would continue to come and show up and we're talking about cycle bar like it's indoor cycling like it's oh my not gosh. the biggest deal in the world but it feels it but it feel it because you're getting you're getting essentially judged and if you're good enough if, like actually if you're good enough it actually if you're good enough but what i saw in you because not a lot of people would put themselves through that over and over and over what i saw in you and the people that continue to show up was i do believe i deserve to be here yeah 
And I did. And somewhere in me, I believed that I can do this. And miraculously, I never doubted that, which I think like the timing of it was interesting, starting therapy at the same time and having this process of like going in and being like, okay, what's true about me today? Not about me as like a cycle bar instructor, this feedback that I got, but yeah. And that's, that is the flip side. That is the changing the belief about the negative belief. It comes from there's something wrong with me or I'm not good enough to, I deserve to be here. Yeah. Or I deserve the things that I desire. You don't know when you're going to get them. You did not know when you were going to be put on the schedule, but you knew that you deserved to have that. There's nothing wrong with you. You deserve the things that you desire in your heart. You just don't know when you're going to be put on the stage and you're going to be given whatever that is. And none of us know that. Yeah. The lessons that I learned to be able to not take things personally, like in doing that and just like, not that it wasn't personal, but to not let it define me. And like the process wasn't going in your timeline because you didn't deserve it or you weren't good enough to have it. Right. It was just the way it had to be. It was just the way it had to be. It's the same thing with anything else. You can apply that to any part of your life. The process isn't this way. The process isn't going in this direction or taking this amount of time because you don't deserve the things that you desire. It's just the way it needs to be. Yeah. And we don't have the why to that. Oh my gosh. Can I tell a story? I love this story. Yeah. I tell it all the time. And then we have to wrap this up. I know. Up. I'm sorry. But no, please listen to my story. I have to go don't, teach a class. Don't get out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in sixth grade, <laughs> I just told you the story recently, but I do want to tell it one more time. Um, I... I'm like a very black and white person and I want a timeline and I want to understand like the reasons behind things. And I wrote a book report or something, which I found ironically last week when I was home. And I remember my teacher handing it back to me and it was a B and I was like, I don't get it. There's only like one red mark on the paper. Like there's only one or two red marks. Like, you know, I did all of it right. And this, these two marks to me mean that it should be an A minus. It shouldn't be a B. And she was like, no, Annie, like, the paper itself is a B. Like, it's a B paper. This is just how it is. It's not that there's this many marks off and so it's a B. It's just the way that it's written and the context and all those things make it a B paper. And we talk about, we always talk about this in so many different ways. Like, in life, we want, like, the reason. We want to know, like, okay, I messed up during that training and then that one specific time I messed that up so I should have this many classes and go on the schedule here and like there's so many other factors at play in life it's not a formula with a date he didn't call me back because I said this remark and he didn't like it and I wore this shirt and he doesn't like that color and whatever and like it really has so much more to do with so many other factors in life and so a lot of whenever a job doesn't work out or a date doesn't work out like our my roommates and some of my best friends we've kind of started to say, well, it's just a B paper. It just wasn't a fit. It wasn't the right thing. It's not because you didn't work enough to do enough right. It's because it just wasn't. I love that. Meant to be, for lack of a better phrase, I guess. (laughs) Meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. No, I mean, mean, I do love that. Truly. Yeah. It's not like workspace, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm honored to be to be a guest on the and podcast. And this is the, I'm um, for the podcast. The New Year's episode, by the way. Oh, yay. Exciting. New Year, New Beliefs. New Year, system. New Beliefs. Yeah. All right, I'm in. Um, because it is the New Year thing, the last thing I'm going to ask you is what is one river you want to start creating in the New Year for yourself? Oh, man. 
this year, I hope, oh my gosh, there's so many different things that I could say. Last year I said like adventure and boldness. I'm not really looking for adventure or boldness this year. You're like, I'm good. I'm good on the adventure. Um, give me, give me an example. What's yours? Do you have one? I think my my the river that I want to create is one that I've been working on, and it is allowing myself to like slow down. I like that, and that just because I'm not doing something doesn't mean that I'm not like a lot of my story is based on if I do X, Y, and Z, people will want me more. Yeah, and that's not true. And yeah. so my new river is like you can do nothing, and people can still want still you. Still want you. I think that's okay. That's helpful. Do you want mine? No. Okay. But I do. It does lead me to mine. I think that this year I would like to see it as me making a lot more decisions based not like I I don't want to sound selfish but like making choices and decisions that I think are the best thing for me with like the the other it's okay to outside. be selfish. Yeah. yeah. Here's like a tiny example. And a lot of it, honestly, it ties into dating, but like, I don't think this year is the year, but maybe it is like, I'm ready to buy a house. Ooh. I don't want to wait to buy a house until I have married. a husband, mm-hmm. you know, and making decisions to travel and to do, do things, things that, for you that are for me yeah. and not, not waiting on someone else or waiting on a friend or waiting on the right timing, but like making those decisions the timing for course. me. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, that kind of wraps hey. up our little episode. Thank we got so, much so yeah. many tangents. I mean, we could, I could sit here and talk to you for eight hours, but happy new year. Happy new year. Yeah. This it's is exciting. 2020. 2020. New decade, Ooh, not just a new, new year. That's exciting. And uh, FYI, you don't need to go on a diet tomorrow. Don't. Don't go on a do diet. it. But do sign up for Cycle Bar. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's We'll fun. probably have a deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we will. All right. Peace out. Bye. Thanks, y'all, for listening to another episode and taking time to hang out with me and my friend Annie. If there's one thing that I was reminded through this conversation, it is that there is so much power in speaking your truth rather than holding it in. I always say shame feeds off of silence, and we don't need to give our shame any more room to breathe and grow. So I encourage you guys again to reach out, start conversations um, about this if you connected to anything. And again, it's okay to feel some of this stuff. We're not looking for you to be perfect. We're just looking for people to be real. As always, I would be so grateful if you could rate, subscribe, and leave a little comment below. I am a lover of feedback, good and not so good. So tell me what you want more of and tell me what's not working for you. I would love that. You can also follow me at at Three Chords Therapy, and you can follow Annie at at Annie.Reeves. I hope that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week, happiest of the new year to you, and please, for the love of sweet Jesus, who we just celebrated, remember, you do not have to start a diet tomorrow. You don't need to detox from the holidays. You just need to show up. You just need to be honest. The people who are supposed to be in your life will be there, and the people who aren't will fade away. I love you guys, and I'll catch you in two weeks.
Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety? Struggling to find restful sleep or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters.